With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Uh, thanks very much, Rob. Great to be here. Yes, this is Bernie Beitman, MD, and this is Connecting with Coincidence. Meaningful coincidences challenge common beliefs about the nature of reality. They suggest that we can be telepathic, that we can know the future, and have our own human GPS capacities. Coincidence suggests that we are embedded in a complex matrix of interconnections with all human beings, particularly with loved ones, as well as to all living beings. Examining coincidences uncovers the maps for these currently mysterious connections through our mental atmosphere, the psychosphere. Coincidences open your awareness of your intuitive connection to the psychosphere. Sharpen your sensitivity to coincidences and examine their potential use and explanations. Read my book, Connecting with Coincidences, and learn along with me and the guests on this show, Synchronicity Spoken Here. Our guest is Pam Coronado, who is the star of the television program Sensing Murder on the Discovery Channel. 
She has consulted as a psychic detective at police departments, state, federal, international, and private agencies. Pam has demonstrated her skills on live television for several networks, including A&E, Biography Channel, and the Discovery Channel. Extensive training has enabled her to use a wide variety of tools, including controlled remote viewing, clairvoyance, clairaudience, and psychometry to gain insight into a crime or missing person case. An unrelenting desire to help families of the missing drove her to begin the first nonprofit of its kind, Project Search for Hope. Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bernie. Would you would you tell us that uh, that great story about how you got into remote viewing uh, and the psychic detective work? Sure. Um, I had it was in 1996, and I had a dream one night that I was um, riding in the back seat of a car and in the front seat was a man who in the dream I recognized to be my husband. He's a complete stranger to me, but in the dream I knew this man to be my husband and the woman in front of me was his mistress. And as we drove along, I realized that they were going to kill me. Um, and I saw an angel flying outside the car window and um, she was sort of motioning for me to come with her. And so I did. <laughs> uh, and she took me Peter Pan style to um, a place I can only describe as, as heaven. And then I woke up and uh as we were flying away i looked back at the car i could see the road that the car was driving on i could see what the car looked like and uh, i flew off with her but when i woke up it was such a profound experience because i was feeling all of these emotions um i wrote this dream down in a journal because it was just really powerful and about uh Three days later, I was reading the newspaper and I saw the man from my dream, a picture of the man from my dream, and um, the headline said that his wife was missing and him and his mistress were the prime uh, persons of interest. And what was interesting is that that they she went missing the night of my dream. So she had been missing for three days when uh, that article came out in the newspaper. So the angel was taking her to heaven. Taking her to heaven. I was just living through her experience, her uh, her death experience, apparently. Apparently. Um, so what? it was it was life changing. <laughs> it was life changing for me because I ended up getting involved with the search party and helping them find her remains. This is, this is a dream. Um, and you saw a picture in the paper that looked like a man and his mistress. Um, but th what's the context of this, of your mind, Pam? Because you did a few things um, that some people might not have done. Uh, you, you wrote down the dream. Mm -hmm. uh, and what made you do that? Uh, well, I've always I've always been really fascinated by dreams, and I've um, 
I've tried to keep a journal for, for a very long time of dreams. So it, it wasn't really unusual for me to keep a, keep a journal, but this, this particular dream was just so incredibly emotional and powerful that I knew I had to record everything I could to remember it. Uh, and the second thing that's maybe not standard um, behavior of human beings is that you got involved with the search party. Well, I didn't want to. <laughs> uh, I really didn't want to say anything to anybody because I didn't want people to think I was crazy because at that point I didn't consider myself a psychic. Um, I just had this dream. So I actually didn't say anything to anyone for, for a few weeks. I was kind of trying to process all of it anyway because it was the first time I couldn't just write it off as a crazy coincidence that I had to acknowledge that this was definitely the man in my dream. He was the man that I saw. And um, I saw the mother and the grandmother on the news. I started following the case like, you know, uh, an obsessive <laughs> person. And when I saw the mother and the grandmother on the news crying and asking for anybody to step forward, if anybody had information to please step forward, uh, I just couldn't take it anymore, so I decided I would step forward and at least go and tell them that I'd had this dream and uh, that I didn't consider myself a psychic or anything, but I just had this dream and I thought that I might be able to help them um, find her body. Now, that, now that's a, a phrase, again, that's out of the ordinary, that you had a feeling that you could help them find her body. Where did mm -hmm. that come from? Where did that come from? I just knew based on the dream that I had a pretty good idea of where she was. Oh, in the car, as you described the dream, uh, all you said was she's taken to heaven. But mm -hmm. how did the dream give you an idea? What, what in the dream gave you an idea where she might have been? Because when I was driving in the backseat of the car, in the beginning of the dream, we were driving on this curvy road. And um, I thought I recognized the road because this is a local, this was a local case. It turned out to be a girl I went to high school with. Wow. And it uh, it was a local road, so I thought I recognized where they were. But when I flew with the angel and looked back at the car, I could see this road that they were driving on. One, uh, I, I think uh, these coincidence stories, I mean, I use the term coincidence to cover a lot of different events. But mm -hmm. here... You, she was uh, a classmate, of, she was in high school with you. Yeah. So you, you, you already had uh, somewhat of a connection with her. Not, I'm not trying to say how strong it was, but it was there. So as I hear you talk about it, it gives me more ideas about how the psychosphere, as I call it, gets mapped in our mental atmosphere. But what's also um, intriguing to me is your confidence that you saw the man's face and could recognize that face in the newspaper and be so confident about it. Yeah, because in the dream, he turned around, he was driving, he turned around and he glared at me. Um, it was just the most menacing stare and it, it just burned into my memory. I just, and I knew it was so strange because I knew the man was my husband in this dream, but he was a complete stranger. Um, but I knew I would, um, I just recognized that face because the way he turned around in that dream and glared at me, it was 
it just, you know, burned into my memory. Well, that, to have such a strong visual recall and such confidence in it from a dream is also quite amazing and make, makes you different uh, from you know, what normal people might have been doing with a, uh, with a dream. They wouldn't have that kind of confidence that, that you had. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was going through. I feel like it was empathic and I was experiencing her, her experience. I, I agree with that. Uh, it, it's even I'm empathic with my patients. I still have to, I still have to check out sometimes what I pick up from them. Like uh, I, I picked up an energy exchange from a patient the other day from her to me. She was vibrating um, kind of erratically, and I could I felt a, a little surge, but I had to confirm that from her that she felt some energy drain from. Her. Uh, but you saw this face, and even though he, he was your husband in some way, he wasn't your husband, he was a complete stranger, mm -hmm. and you were able to hold on to that image, and then to be able to go out and help them find uh, the body um, had to have reinforced your sense of belief in your capacity to somehow, I'll say, imagine in various ways uh, realities uh, that you can't use your normal senses to, to grasp. It changed my whole perception of life. <laughs> yeah, for, for it to actually manifest in the fact that we actually went out and found her body, it uh, changed my change home. your life and we're going to end with the, the change in our, in our we're going to change into the next segment now but continue that you've been listening you're listening to connecting with coincidence with your host dr bernie Beitman md on the x-zone broadcast network and our guest is pam coronado genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas. To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to CC with BB. Yes, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. That is me. Our guest is Pam Coronado. And we were just been talking about uh, a profound dream of her, changed her life. And I, don't, I, I hope our listeners can do something like what I've been doing, Pam, as you describe your dream, is I can imagine your dream pretty well by the way that you describe it. Somehow... Mm-hmm. It lands in my mind. Some people can do that, that I talk with, can have that effect on me where I can just about see what they're talking about. And I just was doing that with you. Uh, Other people tell you that too? Yes, I have heard that. What do you think that is? Um, Probably uh, probably a lot of empathic, uh, probably a lot of empathic and intuitive overlay. Well, you can project it, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then and then you you uh, being intuitive, somewhat intuitive yourself, are are perceiving it. Uh, I this, yeah, it's a curious, it's a vibrational thing too. Um, uh, compatibility of vibrations sometimes has something to do with it too. I'm uh, as my guessing, but let's let's go back to how your life was changed by this dream. Yeah. You know, it changed my whole worldview, obviously, because um, I realized this wasn't just my imagination. This whole thing, I didn't make this whole thing up, but it wasn't just a strange thing. It was it was real. There was a real manifestation of they found a physical body. So it um, challenged all of my skeptical beliefs and um, really opened me up to what could be, you know, as far as um, being able to help people and being able to open up to my intuition and paying more attention to my dreams. It really just opened it all up for me. And and so you got into being Pam Coronado's psychic detective. Yeah, fate just kept throwing things in front of me. Uh, Probably a week later, I got a call from another family who was desperate to find their daughter. And this is actually the case I was saying had another really amazing coincidence. Yeah. And they, they called me for help with their daughter. She was missing. And, um, and I said, I don't know what to do. I didn't dream about your daughter and I'm not a trained psychic. So I don't know what, how to help you. So I, I hooked up with some, uh, teachers uh, Bevy Jagers, she had a group called the U.S. Psy Squad, and she took me under her wing and started training me 
The U.S. the U.S. Psi Squad. Mm -hmm. U.S. PSI Squad. Great. Okay. Great. And uh, she worked with a group of uh, police that were either retired or active duty police, and she was training them how to use their own um, psychic skills. So she sort of took me into her group and helped me develop my skills. But this uh, girl that was, they, they did eventually find her body 60 miles away in, in Los Angeles, 60 miles from where I live. And um, but what was amazing is that I had done a session for her and I had recorded, recorded it. And I described a guy um, and his car and I gave a name which I thought was Rosengren. I thought I heard him, I thought I heard Rosengren, but I described this relationship she had, the missing girl had with him. And the mother, um, in the meantime, after I had given her the session, the mother went, she was frantically trying to, to um, find her daughter. So she had gone to, the jail, um, I guess her daughter had been hanging around with some unsavory folks, but she went to the jail to go to question somebody that was in jail to see if they knew anything about the whereabouts of her daughter. And as she got into the elevator, her and her other daughter got into the elevator to go up, a guy got into the elevator going down. And he kept staring at them and he even said to the daughter you look familiar and um, it made her very uncomfortable and she kept saying no I don't think so and he said no you really really look familiar and um, that was pretty silly of him to say that was really silly of him to draw attention to himself that way yeah and maybe he wasn't consciously thinking that was her sister but um then the mother looked at him and said, wait a minute, I know who you are. And then she said, you know, my daughter, our other daughter uh, is missing. And um, here's my phone number. Will you please call me? Maybe you can help us. She's missing. And, and then they parted ways at, um, when the elevator hit the bottom. Wow. That's and so, so because he never called her and, uh, and she saw him, she started thinking about this guy and thinking about what I had said in my session, and his name was Robinson. And so she gave his name to the detective, and um, they happened to have some DNA on file from him, and they ran it, and it matched. He gave her his name. She knew who he was. Yeah, she knew who he was because he'd, he'd uh, been around her daughter, her other daughter before. Oh, 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 okay. And so she remembered his name. So she remembered his name. But the fact that she got into an elevator, that they could have passed each other. If if she had been three seconds later, she wouldn't have gotten in the same elevator with him. Yeah, timing is everything. And, and that's one of my favorite um, uh, paradigms of coincidence stories is this timing thing where you're just there at the right time. And what I call human GPS is getting is being in the right place at the right time without knowing how you got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you conceptualize that timing? Uh, I really thought that was divine intervention myself. <laughs> that that uh, 
that she was put into that elevator with him and that he would call attention to himself so that she would actually notice him and pay attention and give his name to detectives. I, I really felt like it was a divine, divinely guided, but uh, I, I can, uh, going to divine guidance is, is never wrong because you can't disprove it. Uh, and, and sometimes mystery is all we have, but I'm, what I do is try to see if I can do more, more local, uh, explanations. And mm -hmm. one of them is that the mother is so desperate and searching and could kind of identify where this guy was. But another part of it was the guy. It's almost like, um, crime and punishment where he wanted to be punished. He wanted to be caught. I kind of felt that way too, actually. Because the fact that he drew attention to himself, he didn't have to draw attention to himself. No. no. Uh, he could have just been very, very quiet and hung his head down and not said a word, and they probably wouldn't have even looked twice at him. Yeah, so I think both of them found their way to where each of them needed to be or wanted to be. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's where I like to figure out how that works more on Earth rather than divine guidance, which... Um, I think it plays an element in a lot of this stuff. It's not the only explanation that uh, what I'm describing. But as I, I wanted to, um, to just, as I was listening to you, the, you've learned to, t to talk uh, well on uh, media because you've been on a lot of TV. And so you've you had to learn to do that. And what I hear you doing is, and that makes you so um, understandable. I mean, so visual from, from my listening to you, because uh, I got on the elevator and I see the mother and the daughter talking and with this guy and um, uh, that that you speak from the heart as well as the mind. And there's something else about the way you speak that makes it clear to me what you're th visualizing while you're talking. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a great, it's a great talent. Uh, it's a great talent you have. Well, thank you. And that was a profound event for me too. All of these things that happened around me were really opening up for me too. All of the possibilities and um, learning more about synchronicity and all of these things that were sort of happening around me really were changing my worldview because I've been pretty skeptical up until some of this stuff started happening. Well, yeah, you would, you found the body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You found the body. So that, that was something. Um, we're coming to the end of this segment about a minute, but uh, why don't you, why don't you tell our audience how you, how it happened, the coincidence that got you on this show? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was actually in an elevator again. I was in an elevator getting ready to go uh, to my room, and a bunch of people got into this elevator at this conference you and I were both at. And uh, and they started talking about that they were going to this party, and they thought I was going too. And it turns out the person throwing the party was somebody I desperately needed to get a hold of, um, and I had been searching for her. So they told me they were going to her room. And so I just followed them to her room. And when I got in there, you were uh, one of the first people I saw inside the door and I was holding your book. <laughs> and you started laughing and you said, uh, hey, would you like me to sign your book? <laughs> so we struck up a conversation and you invited me to be on the show. But I just thought that was so funny. I was like, yeah, the person uh, 
what a coincidence. The person <laughs> I got this book about coincidence and I ran into the author coincidentally at this party. So it was pretty funny. Yes, that was pretty funny. I, w I was quite surprised <laughs> seeing you walk in there with that red and white book <laughs> in your hand. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea you'd be in there, and I did. Like, I had no idea there was a party happening. So, uh, and there was. So we come, we're, well, the party's over on this segment. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and our guest is remote viewer psychic detective Pam Coronado. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Yes, yes, back again, CC with BB. We're connecting with Pam Coronado about coincidences of a very special and somewhat general type. Pam is a psychic detective, and uh, a lot of people will be skeptical about that, uh, uh, Pam, as you've run into many times. Um, but what I'd like to see if we could have you do is describe what goes on in your mind, even if you, you can pick a specific uh, case uh, if you want so that maybe we can visualize because you can allow us to visualize what goes on in your mind um, better than a lot of people I think and uh, that what goes on in your mind when you're doing some psychic detective work uh, and remote viewing with it well I am highly visual ah um, yeah, so it's, yeah, okay, that comes across, okay. So, that, so that's that's the strong clairvoyance um, that, and I think that's probably why I've had vivid dreams since I was a kid, yeah. but, um, but I am highly visual, and so a lot of the information that comes into me is visual. So I literally um, ask myself questions, and then I see see as some sort of um, visual response. So if I were to say, um, 
what kind of car does the suspect drive, <clears throat> generally I'll see, all of a sudden it'll pop into my mind. I'll see, uh, just yesterday I was working on a case where I uh, was speaking to uh, a detective and they asked me about the vehicle. And I said, you know, well, I see this vehicle parked across the street from the scene and uh, it's dark. I think it's black. And I said, it's square, square shaped. I can't really make out the model. can't really tell you what it is. And the detective said, you know, we have uh, video, we have security footage of a vehicle. It's too far away to tell what kind of vehicle it is, but that's what we have. She said it's black and, and it's a, uh, it's a uh, square boxy, boxy. Yeah. square, exactly the same words I used. And they said, and you know, we just, we can't make it out either. Huh. <laughs> So, um, so that's a confirmation that you're tuning in for, and you need those uh, as you go mm -hmm. along with this. Mm -hmm. So okay. the, the things that I do get that, um, that they don't know, they'll have a little more faith in because of the things that I'm giving. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. 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 Uh, the, again, how you work, how you do it is you ask yourself, a, or you ask a question, who knows who you're asking, but mm -hmm. you, a, you ask a question. And this asking the question is basically what science, at least the scientific method is, a way of asking questions of nature, a way of, and just asking questions of something, who knows what you're asking, who you're, or what you're I, don't know, what I feel like I'm asking my own subconscious. I feel like I'm asking my own subconscious or the part of me that's all knowing is what I feel like. Uh, now there's a, that particular continuum that you just said the polarity ends of your own subconscious and uh, your all knowing self. I think there's a continuum of that kind of uh, subconsciousness that we can start right at the top of it where it can be almost a subconscious reflex response to make something positive happen without your thinking about it, down to very complicated things that are really hard for any one person's experience to say, I, I have experienced this, but I still know it. And so this can you just described the continuum. I'm still I'm now trying to describe more clearly. So mm -hmm. It's. It doesn't have to be to, to all knowingness. Um, uh, it's still a kind of earth-based question, but it talks about your consciousness having connection to other places outside your own personal experiences. Right. To be able to see something beyond my my regular senses. Yeah. yeah yes. Yes. And that means you have learn to be confident that that information is registered somewhere in your subconscious and can be what we call intuition and which is so many different things but i'm trying to pin it down where you can ask your subconscious and have an intuitive vision come to you about mm -hmm. what the answer might be i think i okay this is really cool i think i'm seeing what you're better what you're doing um, mm -hmm. so i can be anything anything that i want more information about I'm just very specific, usually about what it is that I'm trying to um, trying to gain insight into, whether it's a person or a vehicle or a, a location, a missing person's location, whatever it is. I ask myself specific questions. It's almost like I play 20 questions with myself. 
Oh, that is super. That is really, do you apply this um, questioning of your subconscious to other aspects of your life? Uh, yes, <laughs> definitely for my own guidance. I do meditate and ask for questions, you know, for my own personal guidance, definitely. You ask for questions. Well, I mean, I ask questions of uh, whoever I'm asking, whether it's uh, my higher self or uh, spirit guides, whoever. I do ask for guidance. Yeah, I definitely ask for guidance. I think your 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 mental your subconscious slip that, yeah. that you that you ask for questions. I think that's an important thing to emphasize. Is that sometimes we need to know what the right question is. Oh, and I've definitely had that pop in for me, where I, it was like I was asking the wrong question, and a better question came in. <laughs> ah, good. Ah, good. Yeah. Uh, ah, good. A lot of people are afraid to ask questions, um, and I think it's because they feel just of other people. They feel they'll look stupid if they didn't know what they're asking about. It's it starts with classroom experiences, mm -hmm. uh, raising your hand. Uh, mm -hmm. I got I, I got to learn that uh, being smart meant asking questions because uh, it you get to learn more by doing that. Mm -hmm. And even in my dream, even if I have a dream that I don't understand, I will um, I'll ask myself before I go to bed for uh, clarity because I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe I could have another dream to help me understand. I do that. Uh, and I'm I'm going to go back and doing that more regularly and writing my next book. I'm starting another book on coincidences. So here's a question for you, Pam. How do you incubate more coincidences in your life? Ah, so <laughs> I, I am big at asking for signs. <laughs> uh, I oh. definitely ask for signs and uh, things that I can um, pay attention to. I do pay attention as well. So I try to pay attention to the synchronicities and not uh, dismiss them or ignore them. So if I'm asking if I should um, take a particular case and I'm out and about and then a truck drives by with a big Nike sign says just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just take that as a sign. <laughs> so I do pay attention. Not only do I try to ask again i'm always asking uh, asking for some sort of a sign some sort of uh direction or guidance then i pay attention to what shows up who or what shows up uh the, a non uh psychic approach to what you just described with the nike sign um is a psychodynamic uh, sign a sign like gibbs williams a psychologist who's written about this in synchronicity um, is that we have a conflict internal conflict yes or no in your case should i take the case um, and then for his perspective you look for the sign or the coincidence that tells you what you really would like to do mm, interesting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i would i would probably agree with that I think you have to be careful with it, too, because people tend to misread signs thinking uh, they're getting a go sign just because they want to get a go sign. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I do believe that. <laughs> that we have to be we have to be careful about how we are interpreting some of the things. 
are there other ways that you incubate besides looking for signs and paying attention? Uh, like I said, you know, I've always been very specific. I'm always, yeah. I always try yeah. to be very specific in my questioning, but, um, so wait, wait a minute. I think what you're implying is that one of the ways that you incubate coincidences is by asking specific questions and not only looking internally for an answer, but looking externally for the answer. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, that so. is, that is um, the second chapter of this next book is, uh, is about um, ter mapping territories of mapping your, your territories. And the two territories are your inner, inner landscape and your outer landscape. And coincidences have to do with often connecting both of them. And you seem to move smoothly between both of them. Mm -hmm. Ex external and internal. There's a kind of a fluidity in your mind between each of them. Yes, yes. Because I may have a specific question in my mind and then go to the grocery store and then it happens that the person in front of me is having a conversation and they answer my question. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh -huh. I love that. And, and sometimes it's uh, your intuitive, in, from inside, you'll get an answer to your question as well as outside. Uh, we're getting to the end of this segment, but the implication of our minds being embedded in uh, a, a, a mental atmosphere, that things out there are very much related to inside and the difference that we make between our subconscious and uh, the events around us are not anything like uh, as as starkly drawn as we tend to think of them as being um, we've we've come to the end where you've been listening to connecting with coincidence with your host bernie Beitman, md and the exxon broadcast network our guest is pam coronado Do you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, we're back here with Connecting with Coincidences. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Biden, MD. We're talking with Pam Coronado, and she's a remote viewer, a psychic detective, um, who is telling us, showing us uh, how our inner selves and our out and the outer environment are much more connected than we think they are. Synchronicity tends to teach that. Pam does it in her life. When she has questions, it's the answers come from either place, outside of her or inside of her. And being as that is the way you live your life as a psychic detective and probably other ways, uh, it seems it seems to have a it seems it would have an effect on your self definition. Um, yeah, I I guess I always have just I see myself as being very um, open and fluid. Yeah, is the way I see myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I have another. Uh, these things happen to me all the time. I have story after story, but I had. Uh, a situation one time when my kids were younger and my car keys were missed. My car keys, I was trying to get them somewhere to school or something and my car keys went missing and um, searching, searching, searching the house. You know how it is when you have three little kids (laughs) searching the house and eventually uh, very late for where we were trying to get but I eventually find my car keys in the bottom of my clothes hamper of all places. And um, by the time I got everybody loaded up into the car and we drove down the street, just at the perfect time, I get down to the bottom of my street, I see this little girl. Um, she looks like she's got some sort of disability or mental disability. And she's alone, and she's headed for a busy street. She's walking down the sidewalk. And I jump out of my car, pull over, I jump out of the car, I go grab her hand and um, keep her from going out into the street. I'm standing on the sidewalk holding this little girl's hand, not knowing what to do with her. And uh, a woman comes running out of an apartment and sees that I've got her, and she comes and gets her. And... um, she thanks me for, you know, keeping her safe. So it was just this incredible thing where I was held up, um, but it was perfect timing. Yeah, and I've heard that um, many times now, uh, where the where the delay or the disruption uh, ends up with an empty space in which uh, a, a positive coincidence takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've learned to go with these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it kind of embrace the um, what would sometimes be a frustrating situation, uh, embrace it, uh, and see what it suggests. Uh, be open to what might follow uh, because it didn't work out the way you expect it to be. But more and more, I'm getting tuned into like. Um, my mind having expectations about the way things should be versus like going with what my body seems to be directing or what, what the external environment seems to be suggesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I doubt more and more these kind of uh, judgmental expectations that my mind uh, is putting on my being. Yes. Yeah. I think the more 
I've learned to I've learned to stop trying to control everything <laughs> and uh, be a little more open and um, receptive to what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I wonder. I mean, I'm not going to try to get into this right now, but I wonder how that way of being uh, fits in with the the terrible political situation our country is finding itself in. Mm, I yeah, I've thought about that a lot. This is happening for a reason, and um, and I think that at some point, hopefully, at some point, it's all going to become evident what that is. But yeah, to just go with it, <laughs> I've had to learn to just go with it. And, and I'm trying to see what I can do maybe that looks like it could help, but it's it's a, a kind of feeling of helplessness, but we got to see where it takes us. So mm -hmm. finally, um, the, um, are there certain conditions, we've been talking indirectly about some of them, that seem to increase the likelihood of uh, coincidences, synchronicity? For me, definitely. Um... I have found the need-based, I think you've talked about this um, in your book or in other shows about the need-based when there's there's a high emotional content of need, like the woman needing to find her daughter's killer uh, and she gets steps into an elevator with him. I think need, but I've also found that in places where my vibration, we'll just say my vibration, I know it's woo-woo, but when it isn't woo woo, <laughs> when the energy is really high, like at a conference where I'm around a lot of other like-minded people, yeah. and the energy is very high, yeah. I find that this this is accelerated. Um, it seems like the synchronicities just come fast when I'm in a, a group of like-minded people, and the energy is super high. I've noticed it. Um, so I wasn't really surprised. I mean, I was surprised by my encounter with you, but not because those kinds of things happen when I'm in conferences. Uh, and I would start with the fact that conferences increase the number of intersections between people because we're all in the same place running into each other. Mm -hmm. So, and, and coincidences are based on uh, running uh, intersections of two lines of life coming together somehow the way we did in that party. Uh, mm -hmm. But you'll, you'll see more of those things happening. So the likelihood just on a probability way is higher. But I think there's something else you're talking about. The, the higher energy does something else besides the increased uh, intersections. There's something else I think you're trying to say. Yeah, and I don't know if it, it makes us more receptive. Maybe it makes us more receptive, or it uh, it seems to, I feel like it just pulls in that sort of um, synchronistic, miraculous energy. Uh, I, 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 the way I describe that is not just need, but transition uh, increases the likelihood. In another way, of saying that is when you tear the web of ordinary reality, coincidences rush in. Mm. Oh, I love that. Well, thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah, I really love that. <laughs> That's a great quote. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's the title of one of my posts on the Psychology Today blog. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay. So I've... Uh, I, I didn't say Russian, but the poor in or something like that. But uh -huh. yeah, it, it it's it's another way of being able to conceptualize it without having to go through need and transition um, uh, as part of it. Um, let's let's we're coming. We have a few minutes left, Pam, and um, 
one of the differences, we talk about remote viewing, just what you do, um, among other things. Uh, you, you have uh, clair, clairvoyance and remote viewing sound like the same thing to me, but there, there's a difference too. What is that? Yeah, there's a big difference. Clairvoyance is, is uh, just one of the tools that's used in remote viewing. People are, are confused by remote viewing. Remote viewing is actually, uh, at least controlled remote viewing, is, is a system, um, it's sort of a protocol-based system of managing the intuitive information. So it's sort of a step-by-step -step process that can be learned by anybody um, to access their own intuition and organize it. The military came up with it, so it's, it's very organized. <laughs> Um, I always laugh about it. it's the military's way of being psychic, but but it's a step by step process. <laughs> That's funny. That is good though, but it, that describes <laughs> it nicely. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's a way of harnessing your intuitive capacities. Um, mm -hmm. And first step is believing you've got intuitive capacities that can be harnessed. Right. Well, yes. Yeah. That is a big. That is a big part of it. You have to believe you can do it. Otherwise, your mind will block you from doing it. And what are some of the steps that we can talk about here in the last minute or two? Yeah, it's kind of a complex system, but it's it's sort of a there's sort of six basic steps that each one is designed to take you closer and closer um, in touch with what we call a target. Yeah. So um, first, you're just sort of exploring it, <clears throat> just barely, barely touching on it, and then um, you just keep. We, we think of it as like an aperture of a camera uh -huh. where the lens um, opens wider and wider and wider. So the longer you're in a session, the wider and wider that aperture, the more light gets in, the more information flows in. It's sort of how we look at it. Um, I had to cancel a, a show or find somebody else uh, in March or April because the person who was going to be on the show disappeared off the coast of Maine uh, and no one knows where she is. Oh, man. Still? Still. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, she, was, she was a contributor to the Division of Perceptual Studies here at UVA, University of Virginia, Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. uh, you know that group, uh, Bruce Grayson and others. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I'm not sure if Joe McGonigal was involved with it, but I don't, I don't think they asked him. But I asked a remote viewer indirectly at the conference to look in to what happened to her and just gave uh, maybe the, her, her sex and the, maybe the location. I forget if that's all they needed. And I got back uh, a text message from one of the remote viewers at the conference that, um, that she's happy where she is and don't worry about her. I didn't seem like enough of an answer. Well, we're going to we're going to getting to the end of this show, Pam, and uh, very much appreciate your being on it and uh, giving us some yep. idea about how remote viewers work. Um, and if anybody wants to get a hold of you, you have a website, um, Pam Coronado. Um, PamCoronado.com. PamCoronado.com and get some training with you and some understanding that you're able to do with it. You've been listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and our guest has been Pam Coronado.